Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. times the only thing i've known to say is help please you got to help me you got to help me help me raise my kids help me pastor this church help help me do what you want done i, I because right now i see it's like a mirror you know it's it's distorted at times it's not perfectly clear and and i need your help i need you to to tell me what i need to know i need you to tell me what to say and how to say it and i need i need him Today, Pastor Robert will remind you of the immense importance of prayer in your life. But praying is hard, right? There can be this intense pressure to be good at prayer or to say a great prayer. But God wants to hear your heart. Not all the these and thous, just you. Pray how you speak to your dearest friend, because Jesus desires to be your closest friend. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. The Corinthians were actually famous for their mirrors. You know, it was not until about the 14th century that people started using silver on the back of glass to, to create the, the mirrors that we have today. And, but the Corinthians perfected the technique of using brass. And they would take brass and, and polish it so that you could look into it and see yourself. Maybe a better analogy even for us would be photographs. You know, I, I keep a picture of my wife and my kids. You know, nowadays I don't have to carry that in my wallet to get all, you know, mushed up and so forth. It, I just, it's in the Blackberry. It's digital. Flip on the Blackberry and yeah, there's my wife and these are my kids. And it's, it's accurate, right? I mean, when I show somebody, I mean, as long as you haven't had a bunch of like retouching done, it's amazing what we can do with technology today. But generally speaking, you know, it's a photograph. That's Yeah, that's what my wife looks like. Yeah, these, these are my kids. Do you understand that's not going to be the same as having my wife and kids along? It's just not the same, is it? It's great to have the, the photo, but it's not the same as having the person. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. Right now, you know, we may, we may even see him accurately as we study the scriptures as as we consider who he is as as we pray and he and he teaches us and as we live lives of love you know as the body of Christ we we may have a more or less accurate picture of who he is but it's it's not like seeing him face to face you know i i grew up in a church that believed the Bible, taught the Scriptures. I mean, we, every single week it was, 
you know, the, the gospel was presented and, and everything. And, you know, we believed in the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and his death, his burial, his, his physical resurrection. And, you know, we celebrated that. But I remember when as a young adult, after becoming a Christian, after, you know, I, I realized I can't trust the rituals I need to actually know him and realizing he's alive. Jesus of Nazareth, the one who was crucified just outside Jerusalem, really did come back to life and he still lives. I realized one day he's alive. And that physical relationship, even though right now, you know, I've, I've, I've never had the opportunity to shake his hand. I've yet to give him a hug. One day I will. And I wonder sometimes what that's going to be like. You know, my dad, and I've shared this with you before, you know, my relationship with my dad is, is an interesting relationship because he, he's sort of the John Wayne, Clint Eastwood kind of, you know, strong, silent type man of few words. When I was about 11, he came in to kiss me goodnight one night, and I told him, I'm, I'm too big for that. He looked at me and smiled and said, okay. Last time he did it. When, when we hug now, it's awkward. It's weird. But some of my sweetest memories are the smell of Old Spice and the feel of stubble against my face. And it's it's emotional for me. If when I think back, when I remember that intimacy with my dad, you, you understand what I'm driving at? Yeah, you do. Even you macho guys who wouldn't admit it. You know exactly what I'm talking about. If you had any relationship with your dad. One day, this one who loves me so devotedly, so intensely, that he presented himself to be executed in my place, will open his arms to me and look me in the eye and give me a hug. I'm convinced of it. And it will be a physical embrace. Do you understand? It's going to be a bear hug. Because he's alive. And he wants me to know him as he knows me without the taint of my imperfection, without the hindrance of, of, of my broken, messed up humanity to get in the way. He wants it to be accurate, who he really is, who he has always been, and who he will ever be. He wants me to know him that way. He wants me to see him face to face. And what he's telling us here is that when that happens, there won't be any need for special supernatural impartation of knowledge or, or any of that. There won't be any need for the gift of tongues. Do you, you know, and we're going to look at this in some depth in a couple of weeks in chapter 14, but he tells us that he, the gift of tongues is, is given to a believer so that we can go around this messed up intellect that we have. Even the most brilliant of us has that imperfect tainted intellect. And he says, I, I'm, I give this gift of tongues so that it, your spirit communicates with him. He is spirit. And you don't even know what you're saying. 
It's just from here to there without this messing it up, getting in the way. But he says one day, that's not going to be necessary. It's not going to be needed anymore. Now, I have to tell you right now, for me, it is. Boy, I need it. Because there are times, there are times when I'm trying to pray for you guys. I don't have a clue what to say. Like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. And sometimes when I'm praying for me, it's the same thing. Have you ever been there? You just don't have a clue what to say? How to express it? It's just so many times the only thing I've known to say is, help, please, you gotta help me. You gotta help me. Help me raise my kids. Help me pastor this church. Help. Help me do what you want done. I, I, because right now I see it's like a mirror. You know, it's, it's distorted at times. It's not perfectly clear. And, and I need your help. I need you to, to tell me what I need to know. I need you to tell me what to say and how to say it. And I need, I need him working in my life just to enable me to live it out in a way that's pleasing to him. And so do you. But what he's telling us is that what we have to look forward to is that one day that won't be necessary anymore. One day we're going to see him face to face. We're going to know him even as he knows us. And and these things that we need right now, we will not need then. But not yet. Not yet. This is such a critical issue, guys, because the gifts that he gives are good gifts. God only gives good gifts. Do you understand that? The problem is that in our humanity, sometimes we mess up. And even, even with these gifts that he gives, we get in the way and we get involved. And, and a big part of the reason for this letter is that the Corinthians were exemplifying that. They were getting in the way. They, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit were being abused and misused and misunderstood and misapplied and misappropriated. It was a mess. And, and so God, speaking through the pen of the Apostle Paul, writes to them, to put it in order. But one thing he tells them that, again, we'll look at in more detail later. He says, let all things be done, but decently and in order. To use our modern vernacular, he says, guys, control yourselves. You're out of control. And that's not what God intends. And I've been in services that way. First church I attended as a believer, man, it was out of control. Out of control. You never knew what was going to happen when you went in there. You know, you always wanted to sit with your back against the wall, you know, and just kind of watch because people were going to go nuts. At some point, you could count on it. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. Are you part of a local church community? It's important to have a faith-based community around you as you continue to seek all that God has for your life. With more on that, here's Pastor Robert. Thanks, Chris. You know, if you're looking for a way to get closer to Jesus and you're in the Miami area, we've got a plan. We started something a few years ago that we we call it Intensive Christian Training, ICT for short. It's three phases, begins with just uh, dinner together um, in a group setting every Thursday night. You do that for about 10 or 11 weeks and just go through the basics. What is Christianity? But you're doing it around a meal with a group of people that you really connect with and and get to know. So if that sounds like something you might be interested in and you're in our Miami-Dade area, reach out to us, MainThingRadio.com. Thanks, Pastor Robert. For more information, visit MainThingRadio.com. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for tuning in. 
Join us next time to continue studying God's Word right here on Main Thing Radio.